Startups join Techstars with aspirations, goals, and a vision for what they want to achieve. Fast forward three months, and Demo Day is a chance for these companies to showcase their growth and future plans. But have you ever wondered what happens behind the scenes when faced with the task of condensing all that progress into a two-minute pitch? I'm Jag Singh. I'm a serial founder and entrepreneur turned investor, and I'm also the managing director of Techstars Berlin. Welcome to the lead up, where we'll speak with one company from the current Techstars Berlin cohort in each episode. We'll find out what really goes through these founders' minds at each stage of building a business in an accelerator while preparing for the big reveal to investors and the community. I also have Umara Javid, an associate from our accelerator program, helping me here with the interview. Hi, I'm Amara, friends call me Tinks, and I'm a former associate of Techstars London and currently a senior associate at Techstars Berlin. Today, we're speaking with the founder of Enzyme. Teddy is based between Denver, Colorado, and Berlin, Germany. Welcome, Teddy. I'd love for you to share what you're working on with the audience. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm Teddy, and I'm building Enzyme. And Enzyme is the fastest way for people to go from idea to website. If you can imagine it, you can build it. And that's literally in a few seconds. You just type in what you want, and then we are able to take that input and create a website for you. Now, that sounds ridiculous because until you actually try it, and I'll tell you, you see it and you experience it, that the mind doesn't always fathom how this is possible. Firstly, I want to know a little bit more about why you thought out of the millions of things you could be working on, why this? And then maybe you could also tell us a little bit about the trend that's supporting this. I can give you a little background about myself because everything in my life has been really about building and I consider myself as a builder. I started building, uh, playing with Lego when I was a little kid and later on that building habit turned to be programming because I fell in love with the code and, and building stuff. And then later on I co-founded software consulting firm where we built software for other folks. So it's been always building. And for people to build something, they have, in, in the software world, they have few choices basically. They can either learn how to code themselves or hire someone to do it for them. But there's latest trend that, that we are seeing, and it's called no-code. And what that does is essentially set of tools that people can use to build things faster. So Enzyme is now part of that trend, but we are bringing it even to, to a higher level by introducing natural language processing in, in, in the equation. Now, instead of uh, using drag-and-drop builders or configuring options here and there, you can literally type in what you want, and, and we are able to create that for you. So, like, I was always passionate about building, and this is really just natural progression of my life and, and what I want to do. I just want to rewind a little bit. For our listeners who don't know what natural language processing is, could you give a quick intro? So, the easiest way to explain NLP is to, to use the analogy of, like, you have words, and these words, the, the machine needs to understand those words. And in order to do that, we need to somehow translate those words into some numbers. So there's mathematics involved, and we are attaching some, basically mapping those words into, into numbers, and then trying to make sense of the sequence. I think it's amazing what you're doing, because I would love to make my own websites, but I feel like the website makers that exist right now only provide like limited options to what I could make. So for example, if someone like me wanted to create a website and sell t-shirts, how would I go about doing that that's a great example in this case you're gonna type i want a youthful looking website where i want to be able to sell t-shirts and obviously then you need to give it some more details what, what's the mood of the site how do you want for people to feel when they visit your website for example 
do you want more professional looking or, or more elegant and then you give that information to the engine and then we're able actually to create a site right away in a few seconds it's simple as that so that's perfect for the passion economy and the creators that we're seeing like pop up especially post pandemic so is is that one of your target markets yeah definitely we're seeing a lot of creators lately and the passion economy is booming especially as you said post pandemic because people figure out they need to start their own business a lot of people are without jobs these days and also on the other side they figure out these things like the pandemic can happen again they better be doing the things that they always wanted to do but in order to do that during this time website is really crucial thing so you have to have a website but not everyone knows how to code and now that's where enzyme comes in that's the target initially we are seeing this trend we've been talking to these people over the course of the last three months and uh they just don't have the resources, the right resources to build a website. So now, instead of focusing on their business, they need to learn how to code. And what we are trying to do is provide that platform for them to, to be able to build and, and focus on the things that matter for them, which is their business. You just mentioned how you're talking to users. That's amazing because that's probably the, the one thing that I, I tell every single founder I meet to do more of. I guess in the early stages of building a company, you're trying to de-risk everything. Will people want this? Do people pay? Can this make a profit? Can it scale one day? Will the tech work? You seem to have done a pretty good job of de-risking some of that. You know, will people want this? That's great. People pay. How did you validate all these things? How did you approach people? Can you share just for those listeners who are thinking of building their own companies one day and hopefully following in your footsteps? Maybe if you could share some of your learnings and, and your processes that worked for you. Yeah, definitely. I think not necessarily in my case, but in general, when you want to work on something and when you want to create a company around that, you first need to figure out whether you're solving a real problem with what you're doing, which means talking to people, but not your friends and your mom, but talking to to broader audience of people, reaching out to people that you don't know, that can tell you that your idea sucks or not, like right away. So what I did is I created this landing page where I explained my value proposition and, and what Enzyme is and even recorded a video and then reached out to folks. I started engaging in, in communities that I thought will find Enzyme valuable. And then I started getting feedback. People started subscribing to the waitlist, started reaching out, wanted to see the tool to try it out. And I started talking to them. So like they would, they would subscribe on the form. I would look at whether this is a case that we can cover with Enzyme and I'll reach out immediately to them and schedule a call and try to learn. Not again, necessarily tied to the problem that we are solving, but understand the, the, the broader, the typical question would be, what are you doing in your day as a, you name it, X. And then they will start sharing their story and learning from their problems. Because sometimes when we are building companies and, and products, we're focused on one thing and there are some blind spots that by having these conversations with people, you can then figure out. And that's been extremely helpful for us, establishing this waitlist early on and talking to customers, definitely. When you started that waitlist, in the first couple of days, you probably had one or two people sign up. And now you're getting dozens, if not hundreds signing up each day. What does that tell you? And I'm also curious, because you talked about your creators earlier, when I think of creators, I think of YouTube influencers, and there's probably a few hundred thousand of those, right? How big is this market, really? 
to explain that there's no code market, which is 21 billion and it's growing 23% every year. Then there is a subset of that no code market, which is the website builders. And then there is the solopreneurs, the target that, that we are aiming for. And the way we figured this target exists is actually by looking at who subscribed on our wait list. So typically we would see a bunch of different groups, but at some point we started seeing this trend of people trying to build their personal website or sell one product out there. So we started reaching and talking to them and understood that this is completely new set of users. So that's something that we we did over the course of the last three months. It's a huge market. That's awesome, Teddy. And uh, we'd love to know more about how it's been with the program and juggling building Enzyme. And what did it feel like when Jag called you and initially said, yep, I want you on the program? It's been quite a journey, actually, things, because uh, initially, uh, as a solo founder, as you said, uh, when I got the call, when we talked with Jack, I thought that by getting in the program, I'll be able to pick the co-founder and then just do this journey with someone else. And I heard about this mentor madness and various activities in the accelerator program. But after afterwards, I realized that it's not that easy. And also during these mentoring sessions, I figured that I can also surround myself with great team, actually, and, and that's the way how I build a company. And that's what I've been doing actually in the program, uh, which I think goes back to why Texters was good for me, which is giving me that confidence to pursue the idea myself and then surround myself with a great team. Teddy, this isn't your first rodeo. You've built businesses before. How are you thinking about this, given that so much has evolved over the last few months? You as a person, you as a founder, you, Enzyme as a business, Enzyme as a product, there's so much evolution going on. How are you keeping track of it and how are you thinking about this as it evolves further? Everything else, Enzyme 2, started with me having passion about something. And when I think about it, this passion and and my skills actually are really helping non-technical people build things. I've seen that in the past when you talk about progress and, and evolution. Through my consulting firm, I was helping people, but in a different format. Then I've created a... Uh, coding bootcamp where we also taught people how to code. Now, Enzyme is probably this natural uh, evolution of me as a person where I deliver my skills through uh, a a different product in this case where actually people can use it themselves instead of me coding for them or teaching them how to code. In terms of how we track this, uh, I think when you build a company, there are things that are obviously by the book where you have this product roadmap and you want to know what you want to achieve in the next three, six, four months. But also there's this big vision that's actually your driver. Our goal is to help anyone actually build software by explaining it in words. In order to get there, we have to have shorter term plans actually starting from that big vision and going back. Right now, I think the first important thing is to actually deliver the product, deliver our product. There are so many people on the wait list waiting to actually play with Enzyme. So, Teddy, um, we've heard that you've been just working on developing yourself and developing the company with like coaching and mentorship outside the program and during program. And I'm just really curious about how you yourself process feedback and how you implement it and what the experience is like for you. Because obviously, as a solo founder, you don't have the uh, opportunity to break up that feedback amongst other people. The way to solve that is to surround yourself with right people. Coaching, individual coaching, business coaching, mentorship. You have to surround yourself with with people smarter than you all the time. And having access to a network that basically enables you to reach out to people smarter than you and utilize their experience and their knowledge was really valuable. 
again, as a, it's been challenging journey, but then surrounding with these people has been really helpful in terms of inter- implementing the feedback. I would say sometimes working on your own thing, you think that everything and the feedback from outside, it's not relevant. And that was my personal challenge also. And through these mentoring sessions, I figured that what works, what doesn't work and things that I'm, I guess, we are not always right. And with this feedback, it really helped me be a better person, but also better leader as far as building a company and positioning myself in the company building process. Thanks, Daddy. I think a lot of founders struggle with setting a long-term vision or, or understanding how to set a long-term vision. You seem to take a very data-driven approach to to building this whole company. I was wondering if you'd be willing to share how you're thinking about the vision of Enzyme. We are building a SaaS solution here, software as a service, and there are key metrics that you need to track in order to build successful SaaS company. And that's not something that I came up with. It's, a, it's out there. There are numerous examples of companies that did it before. So we have the data. Why don't we use that data and and implement it in our case? So, for example, we need to be cautious about churn rates. We need to be cautious about the customer acquisition costs. While we were able to acquire people on the waitlist for literally zero dollars, I don't think that trend will continue. So we're going to have costs associated with that. But as long as that cost is lower than the, the, the lifetime value of that customer, which is typically 20 months for a typical website builder, uh, we are good. And now the question is, how do we make sure these people, these users stay with us for a long time? That's really important. So that goes back to the vision question, which is we start with a simple website, but imagine if people are able to build anything in their own language. And that's really what we're trying to do here, starting with websites, uh, making sure we are solving real problems for these people and then giving them a bunch of other tools, literally superpowers, so they can build other stuff with it and stay with us for forever. You're working backwards from demo day. And in that seven or eight week period, what is that going through an accelerator? And especially what's that going through an accelerator alone? Both company-wise and personal things that I need to achieve from gaining more confidence to be able to learn leadership skills or also be able to uh, accept feedback as we talked before. And for the company, figuring out exactly the position of the company, whether this is a vitamin or painkiller, talking to to customers and then use the period between from like getting into a program until the the demo day to actually go through all those things and make sure we, we are achieving those goals. To start with that backward analogy at the beginning of the program, because I haven't been in Accelerator before, I didn't know what to expect, but I wrote myself a note, an article, literally, like a fake press release about Enzyme after the the three-month period. And I started uh, digesting that and creating tasks out of that and key objectives, things that I want to achieve as both on a company level, but also personally as steady. I really believe in the power of visualization and that has helped me a lot in my life. So I did that. Let's talk about that demo day pitch a little bit. Obviously, this demo day pitch is intended for an audience of investors. And one of the things that I often stress is to know your audience and then target or tailor that message to that audience. In this case, you had two weeks to think about and build up that demo day pitch script. Walk us through your thought process for that. When I started with the pitch, I wanted to create this story, this narrative, which was basically my story, how I started with coding and taught myself how to code and and the the challenges that I faced, but also on the other side, people who are paying for software, how that process works. So this story was almost 
fairy tale-ish, although I introduced a female person because this industry is now predominantly male. And uh, as much as that was my story, it was also everyone, every uh, little builder story now. But then I decided because the audience, as you said, it's different. We need to spark interest on the investor side. I needed to change that a bit. So I created another, the, the current version actually of the pitch. Of course, that makes sense. As you were thinking about the demo day pitch, what were the things that you left out from the final pitch? Can you give a few examples to our audience that's listening? Now, as much as it's important to tell a story with your pitch, it's also important because you only have limited limited amount of time to talk about what the problem is, what is the solution. So I, I was talking about the problem, the solution, and also not really getting into details about a solution. The point is, here's what we do, the basics, and if you want to learn more, then you need to reach out to us. And I obviously left out tons of information that I, that I wanted to share. I could have talked about the market and how specifics of the market work right now, what are the dynamics there. Also, the numbers, the, the customer interviews that we had, what, what people actually really feel when they use other tools and how they look at Enzyme, what things they, they have that they're happy with, not happy with, and, and things like that. But again, you only have so much time. So the point is to spark interest on the other side and tell the most important things, the problem, the solution, some of the numbers, some validation, and then actually the punchline. I'm glad you mentioned the punchline. We've talked before about how a pitch absolutely has to be memorable. And Teddy, I think you and I spoke at length about also the need to show off your creative prowess, since that's also reflected in the product. Your pitch went through quite a few iterations, and in the end, you also wanted to stand out. How did you think about this from a creative and narrative building perspective? Pitching is always a challenge because, again, the story is really important. People want to hear stories, but you also want to share numbers, as I said. And that's how I started. And then the pitch went through a few different uh, iterations and getting feedback from mentors. I had this fairy tale at the beginning. And again, visualization. This is the story that I want to tell. Uh, this is how I want to make people feel when they hear my pitch. And going backwards to like adding the numbers and, and basically injecting the problem, the solution, the market, those things in that story. So the story obviously changes. But I also wanted to stand out, yes, from everyone else because... Whoever is on the other side, they've been listening to these pitches and watching these videos for a long time. And it, I didn't want it to create yet another typical pitch. I wanted to create something slightly more, let's say, fun and, and engaging. Because that's also the, the spirit of the company. That's me. That's, that's how we work. So I wanted also to project that and present that, that message. Initially, on the first pitch, the feedback was, wow, that's an amazing story. But then when you think about it, you don't really have the numbers. You don't really have things that investors want to hear. And I needed to change that. And yeah, it was a great experience. I'm, I created the story. It was just part of inspiration. I spent like 15 minutes burst of, of inspiration. I, I wrote that and I was like, this is it. And then obviously it's a great story. And then people are like, it's not going to work. Change it. And then you start all over again. Oh, man, I'm sorry you had to go through that. But for what it's worth, your final pitch did knock it out of the park. So, Teddy, as we start to wrap things up, I had a question for you. Are there any myths around being a startup entrepreneur that you can debunk for us? Well, first thing is that it was the case with my previous company as well. Like running a company, running a startup, you have your, your own boss. You have the, all the time in the world. You can do whatever you want and you're rich. 
which is completely not true. You're struggling every day, fighting and, and figuring things out. Uh, it's totally different than what looks on the outside. I think that's probably the biggest myth. Entrepreneurship, starting a company looks sexy on the outside, but then on the inside is really mess, which I, I love doing it. Why do you love doing it? I just love the grind. I love to, to build things. I love to talk to people. I yeah, That's me. That's I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. I started selling flowers when I was really like 13 years old and I, I needed to save to buy myself a computer. My parents couldn't afford to do that. So I did that. But then like a bunch of other things I was... There are some websites that we built in the past, some things that I don't want to share here, but I've been trying different businesses here and there my whole life. The socks business was another one. It's completely so you would think of me as a software engineer who only does writes code and, and talks to customers from the States. But then I started this socks business where I was literally doing the delivery because I was enjoying the process of getting the socks and seeing happy faces when you deliver the, the, the five, five socks in a box and people are like, wow, this is amazing. You are the owner and you deliver that to me. And this is also my obsession, making sure the customers are happy on the other side as well. I just love the whole process from, from like beginning to until the company exits or burns down. doesn't matter. I think it's amazing, man. That adds so much color and perspective. So, Teddy, thanks for coming in to share. And to our audience especially, thank you for listening. Don't forget, we have nine other amazing companies from Techstars Berlin sharing their experiences in this lead-up series, a part of the Techstars Podcast Network.